Do you want to learn how to be successful? Who doesn't? Welcome to Learners to Leaders. I'm Kavya. And I'm Savannah. We talk to inspiring people and learn the secrets to success. Before Before we begin, we'd like you to note that we talk about mental health and some things that might be disturbing to younger listeners. So please make sure you are at least 10 years of age or are listening with a parent, guardian, or adult. Also, if you haven't listened to part one of Supriya's episode, you should totally go back and listen. Not only was it great, but also this episode might not make sense if you haven't heard it. For those of you who have listened to part one, here's a quick introduction to Mrs. Supriya Singh Bodden to refresh your memory. Mrs. Supriya Singh Bodden, CCH, is a native of Guyana and the founder slash trustee of the Guyana Foundation. She has a Bachelor of Arts from New York University, Canada, and a Master of Arts in International Relations from the University of London, UK. Mrs. Singh Bodden is a director of Demerara Design Limited, a company she started in Guyana. She's also worked with hotel chains, governments, and large-scale residential projects. Supriya is also a director of the Governor's Square and Crown Square real estate developments in the Cayman Islands. She is a major donor of the Rotary Foundation and a Paul Harris Fellow. She speaks English and Italian and is married to Mr. Robert Bodden, Caymanian entrepreneur and past district governor of Rotary. Mrs. Singh Bodden was recently awarded one of Guyana's highest national honors, the Cacique Crown of Honor, CCH, for service of an exceptionally high quality in the field of youth and women's empowerment, community renewal projects, raising awareness nationally and internationally of the urgent need to address mental health issues and in the field of politics. She has been involved in social and political work in Guyana since returning there in 1989. Um, I've heard that you wanted to give the crown back. Um, why, why is that? Well, the president that awarded me that when he was in government and he um, had to bestow that honor on me. Um, in the last election, there were lots of um, uh, problems with the results of the election. And his, it, it became evident that his party uh, had lost the election and then there was a a tussle between his party and the other party who was in opposition and it dragged out it had the entire country in a state of turmoil and I basically said look we have to do what is good in the interest of the country and what is within the rule of law and we must allow due process to follow uh, for a peaceful transition and um, I was making a point that if our country could not arrive at a position where we were um, making decisions that were, you know, um, in the interest of all concerned and governed by the rule of law, I don't want to hold an honor to do with this country. So it was my way of saying, you know, we need to stay on track. We need to do the right thing. Out of all the things you've done, you've helped children and older people. You've helped a lot of people individually as well. So is there 
like one age group or one particular person that like inspired you or you enjoyed with the most? You know, one day I, strange how you learn lessons in life. You learn lessons from unusual places. If you listen and if you're listening and if you go through this world always being, you know, in touch and in tune and looking for the guidance you need, it's right there. One day I was going uh, to go, I was leaving a location and there was a lady who was part of the team sitting there and she was, it was lunchtime and she was um, knitting something and I said, uh, aren't you going for lunch? And she said, no, she wasn't going for lunch. And I passed her by and I left. And the next day I engaged her in conversation and I said, well, do you normally go and work through your lunch? She said, truthfully, I couldn't afford lunch. I didn't have money for lunch. I said, oh my God, I felt so bad. I, I walked right past you and I didn't, you know, I didn't even know and I'm so sorry. She said, no, don't apologize. She says, don't apologize to me. She said, because there are days when I have absolutely nothing to cook, nothing whatsoever to cook. And I would put a pot of water on to boil and I would go about my duties, cleaning my house, going out, sweeping the yard. And I say, God, if, there's, if, there, if, if you're going to provide for me today, provide for me because I really don't have any money and I don't know where I'm going to get the next meal from. And she said, you know, Miss Supriya, before the end of the day, my neighbor or somebody passed and said, look, auntie, I brought you two plantains or I brought you something and some way, somehow something happens that she could put in that pot. And at the end of the day, she got a meal. And when she told me the story, I looked at her and I thought, and she didn't say it as though she was so sad and looking for pity. She was trying to tell me a very valuable lesson, you know, that if you have faith, the most terrible circumstances can befall you. Poverty, hardship, unhappiness. But if you have very strong faith in whatever religion you believe in, it can take you a long way. And so I always remember that lady in my work. And whenever I get to a situation that's difficult, I always remember her. And I keep the faith. So we know that children are probably listening to this. So, like, um, how important do you think school and college and education really are for future generations? It's very important. It's very important for you to um, make use of every opportunity you get. And if you get an opportunity to go to school, don't just plod along and go to school and come home and put your bag down and think, oh, no, I had to go to school today. Keep your mind alert and go the extra mile and make every, every effort you can to use every opportunity you have and, uh, and take it forward, you know, because sometimes you always think, oh, gosh, my parents are making me do this. It's not about your parents. It's about you and where you're going to go in life. So if you set your priorities up, you know, and, and, and be self-motivated and uh, learn and constantly, you know, um, pay attention and expand your knowledge as best as you can, very important. Very, very important to continue to live like that and question and look. Like, I know the two of you are going to do really well. Here you are in my home 
on a Sunday morning doing a podcast. I have great, great thoughts that the two of you are going to be busy people in the, in the world. Heavens knows when I'm old, I'll be seeing you both doing something extremely important for the world. So you were talking about how school and education are extremely important. When you go to college and things like that, it will get you a job. Do you think there are like, particular jobs that are like, very common or important now will change in the next 10 years? Or? It certainly will. I mean, look at what's happening with uh, the world, generally speaking. I mean, none of us understand anything about artificial intelligence. In, in your lifetime, in my lifetime, I've seen all the you know, social uh, media and all these things pop up that I never had an idea about before. So... Yes, things will change, and I think it's important that you stay in touch with what the, you know, what the trends may be, and and try to specialize and gain knowledge in that, so that you become relevant. Your knowledge, is is always there, um, able to find yourself a niche where you can, find work and so on. You know. So I was also wondering, um, like, when you have a job, you earn money and you should know how to manage your money, and, but you should also learn how to manage your time. So how do you manage your time? Because you seem like a very busy one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, um, it's important that you um, set yourselves a set of goals that you need to achieve in a particular day. Even though people don't use pens and paper anymore and they use the internet and all these fancy things on your phone, I'm still old-fashioned. I like to write. I love pens. I love paper, you know. And I will travel to Rome and I will go find Fabriano paper to write on. I'm, I'm kind of old-fashioned that way. So sometimes I wake up and I make lists of what I need to do, which is not the most efficient way to do it, but nonetheless, it's what I do. And I try to achieve, if I write, if I know I have 10 things to do in that day, you know, I will manage my time to make sure that I achieve those 10 things every day. Along with managing your time, you manage your money, like Savannah said. Do you think there's, like, since money, like, a lot of the things in the world these days revolve around money. You can't eat if you don't have money. You can't drink water if you don't have money. So... Do you think that there's anything that children or teens need to know, like, like need to know a lot about money? Well, the world is driven by images now. Everything you pick up, every phone you pick up, every computer, there's, there's all kinds of sites selling things, showing you things, and everybody wants things. And so I think a lot of people get completely bogged down with that, and their budget doesn't necessarily isn't enough for them to be doing and living the way they live, right? So it's important that you try to control your um, behavior in such a way that you don't fall victim to that and become totally materialistic, you know, where everybody's striving to buy more and more and more and, um, and you just can't afford it, right? So nothing wrong with telling people you know, as you grow older, if you have a job and you get yourself a nice job and you're working, maybe you'll be able to pay for your, uh, for your car expenses and a place to live, etc. And your groceries and your utilities. 
if you go out with a girlfriend or a boy a boyfriend friends generally and they're sporting the best designer handbags and all these fancy sneakers and stuff don't feel bad about it if you can't afford it you know what i mean don't be bad there's nothing to be ashamed about in terms of not fitting in with the crowd you know as far as i'm concerned uh too many times I see young people just on these social network things. It's all about their image, you know, and and that is so very shallow. So we need to get a bit deeper and uh, and feel proud about yourself, and and budget and take care of, of and live your life according to, as my mother used to tell me. She said, "Never hang your hat where you can't reach it." <laughs> It's very true. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to do our would you rather section. These questions don't really have like uh, any relation to um, your life. I mean, they are to your life, but like to your job. Um, these are kind of random. So would you rather go to Japan or Africa? Um, I think Africa. Would you rather spend your time on, I'd say, uh, electronic or spend your time writing? Writing. Um, would you um, rather cook or bake? Uh, cook. Would you rather go to an amusement park or a museum? Museum. Do you prefer sunflowers or roses? Roses. <laughs> Do you like Badabanu or Pirates Week? Uh, you got me there. I've not been to either, but I think Pirates Week is interesting. <laughs> um, would you rather listen to music or to a podcast? Um, what happens if I like both? You can say I both. would like to listen to a podcast by the two of you. <laughs> do you like working from home like in Cayman or do you like working in the actual Guyana? I like working in Guyana, but I also can work from anywhere in the world I am. Uh, do you prefer tacos or sushi? Sushi. Do you like Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. I'm born on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, would you rather wear, like, a dress or a skirt? Um, dress. Uh, would you rather go to a spa day or a movie night? Spa day. Would you rather go to a lunch buffet or have a midnight snack? Maybe a lunch buffet. For breakfast, would you would you rather eat waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Would you rather um, like do you prefer breakfast or dinner? I think dinner. I don't like eggs. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> would plants or animals? Uh, I love both. Both. Do I have okay, to both. choose? <laughs> I love both. Yeah. Um. And would you like? Do you prefer chocolate or candy? Chocolate. The world goes round chocolate. <laughs> uh, would you rather play like a board game or spend your time outside? Spend my time outside. And would you rather drink coffee or a milkshake? Oh, I love coffee. I can't live without it. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I think that's our would you rather section. Excellent. Okay, so you live in Cayman. 
but you're doing work to help people in mm -hmm. Guyana. So is it like difficult working long distance since you're working with like actual people and their lives and not like numbers or something on a screen? Well, you know, I, I have a, a wonderful husband who permits me to do the work I do, the type of work I do. When we got married, he knew that I was doing this type of work and I left a lot of my um, structure, etc., in Guyana. And so he's very understanding. And so I travel to Guyana very often. And, um, and uh, I'm able to make use of both places, you know? So it doesn't really affect my work that much. So speaking about working in Guyana, you said that you prefer working in Guyana because you get to meet people like face to face. And do you enjoy like meeting people and spending time with them? Or like, do you have a time limit on how much time you spend with them? No, when any time I go to Guyana, like I will be going there in the next few days, I go to the projects and these projects may be in very remote places, which takes me hours to get there. Some of the places I go to are very dangerous, very challenging. And I go into these places and um, basically once you make that uh, trip to those places, you don't know how long you're going to be there, you know. Sometimes it takes a long time. So I don't ever put a, I don't put a, um, a time frame uh, on how I interact and do these projects. Like on this particular trip, I will be going to visit the... Uh, I hope I'll be able to visit the YY people of Guyana, and they live in the deep south of the country, way down. There's very little, there's no road or anything to get to them. You have to, if you want to go, you have to go by trail or fly there or whatever. Very remote area, but that's an indigenous um, people that live there. So it's hard to categorize how I spend my time with people. It's varied. So earlier you said that um, you were in Guyana, but then when you were quite young, you moved. So how was it like growing up in Guyana? And is it like very, very different from here or where you moved to? It, it was. I mean, I was born in, in Guyana and um, I grew up. Uh, my dad, he passed when I was five years old and my mom... Uh, decided um, by the age of 10 that uh, she wanted to send us off to school in the UK. So at 10, I left Guyana. Uh, how old are you, Savannah? I'm 11. Okay, so I was one year younger than you, and I left Guyana, and I went to the UK to a Catholic um, convent school. So life in Guyana was, as far back as I could remember, was just whatever a child's life is, playing games, fishing. I love fishing. It was, it's different because you're dealing with a country that doesn't have necessarily all the development that there is in Cayman, you know? So um, it was completely different, but then I moved to the UK and went to school there and spent many, many years there. When you moved from Guyana, it, it was obviously a lot different. Did you prefer the UK or Guyana? Well, it took me a while to get used to the cold and to school, and it was difficult in the beginning, right? But I always longed to go back to Guyana, always. So as a child, even as I was studying in the UK, 
and I also spent a little time in that period in Italy. All those years, um, I always wanted to go back. So I always had this deep longing to go back to this country that I left when I was young. I guess that's your home, so yeah. you wanted to go back. Yeah. Um, so, you know how you said it took you like time to adjust to the cold? Does Guyana um, have like extreme temperatures or like what is... It's it? tropical. It's tropical. It's like rainforest tropical. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but we have northeasterly trade winds that come across. So there's a bit of a breeze. And Guyana, uh, Georgetown, the capital city is um, below sea level. So we have this tremendous long wall that was built way back in, in the day by the Dutch, uh, protecting the entire coastal strip of Guyana. Um, you could look on YouTube. There is a movie that I helped to uh, work on as well. It's called Tales of the Guyana Coast. And it gives you an idea of how we live at the mercy of that wall. Because if that wall goes, the Atlantic is on top of our head. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. In Cayman, that's like, in Cayman, there's only really heat. There's not much cold, there's no fall, and there's not much spring either. Mm. It's only two seasons, summer and winter. Mm-hmm. In Guyana, is it the same, or do you have all four seasons? No season, No seasons. It's always like a tropical, beautiful, you know, just, it's a little cooler. Like, Cayman is extremely... Um, hot in the August month, but um, Guyana has a, a constant breeze all the time, you know, on the coastal area. But then as you go into the jungle, well, then that's a whole different story. <laughs> it's very hot and steamy in the jungle. So you were speaking about how you lived on a farm. Were there like, were there any animals? I know this is quite a personal question, but were there any animals you had as pets? Oh gosh, yes, I have seven peacocks. Wow. Yeah, I have four horses, and I have some rabbits, and I have piranhas in the trench. <laughs> yeah, piranhas in the trenches on the farm. I don't know how they got there. And then the other day, I sent the guys to clean the trenches, and they saw something in the trench, and they started screaming. It was an 11-foot anaconda in the what? trench. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I would... I don't think I, you're going to come and visit me, right? Yeah, I would, I would be screaming, and I would <laughs> run along uh, uh, very, very far away. <laughs> but you're most welcome to come. I got rid of the anaconda. I'll, I'll come see the peacocks, and uh, there's a snake. Well... <laughs> there's a couple of alligators. And funny, you know, the other day I was going down a creek, and, a, and, and something fell in the boat. And um, the woman that was there from Germany, she was a volunteer. She got so scared, she nearly jumped out of the boat. Something hairy kind of fell off the tree into the boat. And she just started screaming and rocking this boat. Anyway, what it was was a sloth, you know, a baby. He fell off the tree. His mom was up in the tree, and we were going under in a creek. And he fell off and fell into the boat. So I had to take him to my farm for a while. But sloths, when they get up in the trees, they... They damage the trees because, you know, their claws are sharp. So I took him home for a while, but I gave him back. <laughs> it's lucky your boat was under there. Yeah. Otherwise. So since uh, we heard that you fought against cancer, and, like, did that affect your work or anything a lot? Or 
because I could imagine it might. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a shock. That was quite a shock because I was going along normally. And uh, I got married, uh, I think it was the 7th of May in 2011. And we were going on our honeymoon and we stopped to just see the doctor because my husband had some minor thing he had to deal with. And the doctor said, I think you should do a medical as well. And I said, no, 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 not now when I come back from my honeymoon. And he said, no, you better do it now. So I did it. He said, I'm sorry, you're not going anywhere. You have breast cancer. And that was that. One year of my life completely taken out of dealing with anything. And so I went from my wedding straight into breast cancer surgery, chemotherapy, and the whole nine yards. Wow. <laughs> so that was, quite a, that was quite a gift, I must say. But I'm still here talking to you, so thank God I'm okay. You were going on a wonderful trip and then you had to stop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was a bit of a shock. But, um, you know, I, uh, thankfully I had um, good medical care and I was able to arrest it and, and, and go on. Yeah. And that makes you realize how very important every single minute of your life is because if somebody comes to you every little problem you know how we have a way we quirk about this problem and that problem and the next problem but if somebody comes to you and says you have cancer you are completely blown away because then all of a sudden you're thinking everything that is in front of me I might not see it tomorrow it might be gone I might not be here I might not live that's when you really begin to appreciate life and how much every single day matters. And little things that may bother you don't bother you anymore because you can handle them. So the, com the, the, the anaconda didn't bother me. <laughs> I just looked at him and, you know, sent him off to the zoo. <laughs> okay, so we know it's been a while, so our last question is, what advice would you give to our listeners? I mean, you've given us so much advice, but like, if there was one piece, what would you, or one thing, what would you say? Um, what I would say is that um, as you go through life, no matter how old you are right now, you will have situations unfold in your lives. And many times we are held back and our development is is curtailed because things happen in our life that don't make us happy or and we tend to spiral downward rather than upward and forward and many times people it's just human nature you look for acknowledgement for approval for appreciation for love and the people that you're looking towards it could be a friend it could be a, a family member it could be a teacher when they don't give that, you feel somehow or the other uh, sad or you don't want to, you don't feel good about yourself, you know. And I think if everybody could rewire their mind so that they don't get into those situations where they, where another person can hold you back. Don't use other people as, a, of, as an excuse. Don't say, oh, I didn't do this because my mom and dad X or I didn't do this because my friends said or I didn't do this because my teacher thought. Don't use other people's excuses ever because you're responsible for your own development. People are dear to you. They will always be there for you, but not all the time will it be positive. And when those instances occur where they're not exactly positive or giving you what you think you want to hear, stay strong, stay focused, and 
set your goals and keep going so that you become a very strong, balanced entity that can withstand anything. You become like that wall in Guyana that's holding <laughs> out the Atlantic, you know? Um, it's not moving, it's there. And anything that comes at you, you'll be able to handle. But if emotionally you become so dependent on another person's opinion or approval or whatever, you'll be blowing in the wind for the rest of your life. That is very true. I never thought of that. That's a wonderful piece of advice. Well, I hope you use it. I hope you use it and you stay strong and... Um, you know, sometimes you, you emotionally, we're human. Like, you know, you may do something and you may think, my mom should have said that, or my dad should have said that, or, you know, I really appreciate it. And they don't, because they have their own things going on. And maybe somehow or the other, they forget to tell you every time. They appreciate you, they love you, or they mean this, or they mean that. Or sometimes they use language that you don't understand, and you think they're meaning something negative or they're on a journey that they can't explain to you and you're getting angry with them because they're trying to you know develop themselves in a certain way so don't be too judgmental about other people you know think about yourself and you set your sights and you know um i mean my dad died when i was five so i didn't have anybody to really say well who was going to guide me or put me, but I had to try to figure things out from a very young age. So if the advice I give you is the advice of somebody who started without one major parent and just somebody who tried to figure out how to get from point A, you know, to point B in the best way possible. Thank you so much for your time. Well, it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure talking to both of you. And I wish you all the best with this podcast. I'm sure you're going to do many, many more. And uh, I'm sure you'll find lots more interesting people. But it was a real pleasure for me to speak to both of you as well. It was a Thank pleasure you. for us too. Yep, it was, it was really great. And the work you're doing for all these people is really amazing. Oh, great. Well, I hope you two might even think of volunteering one day. Yeah? Yeah? Great, 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 great. Well, I look forward to it, and I look forward to taking you to see some of these interesting um, people. And I have a, a very special gift for you both today. Um, the YY people of Gaiada still live in the way that they lived for all the years. And whenever people go into their villages, they give them the ceremonial combs of the YY people. And so I, I got uh, some of the combs from the indigenous tribe for you both to take home with you. Oh, thank you, thank so, you so much. much. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode and we want to hear from you. Is there any profession or successful person you want to hear on the show? If so, be sure to contact us at learnerstoleaderspodcast at gmail.com and if your suggestion gets picked, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. Again, that's learners to leaders podcast at gmail.com. No capitals and no spaces.